یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 66 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan. Episode number 66 Karan. Did you did you believe we'd get this far? Uh, not at all and and every episode seems, you know, unfathomable unfathomable at this point. Yeah. Um so yeah, 66 is a big number. 66 is definitely a big number. In terms of people who won that jersey, um again a skinny list there. Andrew Bogut's yeah. time at the Los Angeles Lakers is the is the oh. one that stands out. <laughs> Are you see, he wore 66 for the Lakers? Are you sure? Yeah. I, I, it's, yeah it I seems like a, we would remember that cuz he was pretty successful with the Lakers. He won two championships. No, we're not talking about Bynum. We're talking about Bogut. Oh, we're talking about Andrew Bogut. Wow, I'm so confused right now. Yeah, the, okay. The Australian star <laughs> who's now turned um turned like a right-wing racist on Twitter. Better, better not to speak about Andrew Bogut. Maybe um, oh, that's also happened. I'm, I've been so out of Andrew Bogut's <laughs> life ever since he played his, um, and ever since he he enjoyed his stellar career with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scott Pollard of um, of his lone season with the Boston Celtics is also another name. Okay, um, so I'm sh- gonna go with Scott Pollard. Yeah, shout out to Scott Pollard. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah and 1966 NBA finals of course is it's we're still on the whole Boston Celtics um title run the dynasty yeah. um yeah. they they beat the Lakers 4-3 um in in that season's finals um and he had the one in a by this point it must have been 6 or 7 in a row already yeah, for the feels, Lakers it definitely it, this was Boston's eighth consecutive title that's and, amazing yeah and I, i'm not sure how many consecutive times they beat the lakers but i'd imagine it's a fair few <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we've got we've got a lot of nba stuff to talk about some some very very um interesting transfers and signings that have happened in the last yeah. few uh, few weeks since we last spoke uh but of course. but as always um first up is some indian basketball news so karan what do you have for our listeners from the from the world of indian basketball Um uh so in terms of Indian hoops are uh w- one of the things we expected to be made official has been made official is that we have crashed out of the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. <laughs> so uh, to anyone who was really hopeful that India was going to make la- next year's uh FIBA World Cup we are not. <laughs> uh, we we lost uh, our first round of qualifiers 0 to 6. Um and it's It's not the the losses that that bother me Kaushik it's just the way they happen yeah because we we sort of um we we banned our best players from playing in in some of the qualifiers or there were clerical errors quote and quote from having to play in the last games so it's just been a comedy of many kinds of errors and and they've been serious injuries too um but India finished the qualifiers 0 and 6 losing all of our games um and we are out uh just give a shout out to satnam who uh was a most consistent player with all the other drama happening around he showed up and he played pretty well for india uh but now it's just it's just a sad uh, outlook now you know the the next tournament is the asian games in in indonesia yeah and our indian men's team isn't even going for this the wow. indian women's team is going 
um, this, uh, is very similar to the reasons given by um, the federation to not send like the football team because they don't have a chance to win anything so they're not going i i don't think it's the federation's decision it's the it's the size it's it's the ioa's decision is the indian olympic association's ah, right. decision yeah uh yeah because they don't think they have a chance at a medal they're not going at all which is such backward thinking i'm very i'm very much against that whole um only participate if you can win a medal philosophy yeah it's um that's the way i know what india is trying to do that's the way the chinese build uh, an olympic powerhouse because they focus on individual sports mm-hmm. that could win the medals easily but it's it's not going to make us a stronger a stronger sporting country as 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 a holistic nation you know they they, they do all this talk about sports for health and well-being and all that stuff yeah. but then these kids need to participate doesn't care it doesn't matter if they lose if they qualify they should play yeah um so so that sucks india <laughs> won't be playing in that tournament uh we will be playing uh, in um the the under 18 fiba asia championship we just qualified for that we we beat our south asian counterparts like we usually do um in in the tournament in a south asian tournament in bangladesh So um we we won each game with an average margin of 55 points. So that's pretty good. If we just played against uh Sri Lanka, Nepal, Bangladesh, Maldives, we'd be the best team in the world. Um unfortunately there we have to play other teams. So uh India will now be going to um uh where is it? it's in it's in Thailand. India will be going to Thailand in a few weeks for the FIBA Asia Under 18 Championship. Perfect, perfect. That's good. Uh, it rounds up Indian basketball on a slightly positive news after after all the shit that we've been complained complaining about over the last few weeks, which kind yeah. of um, you summarized very very succinctly early on. Um, now that's it's always a good thing to to finish on a, on a high note. Um, is there anything else, Karan, before we head to our very special guest um, in in the second segment of the podcast? No, I'm I'm excited about our our guest today. I interviewed Vikash Chokshi, who is an organizer of the Chicago Indo Park tournament. Now, the to to people like outside, uh, basically to Indian basketball lovers in North America, they know all about this. But since we are sort of speaking a little bit more to an audience back in India, um, I, I think I should explain a little bit. The, the Chicago the Chicago Indo Park is the premier. Um, basketball tournament of players of south asian origin mm-hmm. in the us and canada and it brings together desi ballers from all over the continent uh, sp- specifically from chicago but from you know around the country and and they have uh, indo park uh, network tournaments all over the country or it might not be called that they might be called something else but they have these in in los angeles they'll they'll have them in dallas they'll have them in new york Mm-hmm. uh they have them in, Atl- in in Atlanta so wherever there's a uh, a high number of uh, players of uh, of people of the desi origin they have these tournaments now and it was it was i've been sort of hoping for this interview for a long time because you know we have so many followers of indian basketball who are not indian nationals but are of indian origin and and they're obsessed with the game they're very successful in in the US and Canada and some some of the players in Australia as well and and other places so it's it, it was really fun to talk to Vic and and get to learn all about this network i actually attended the the Indo Park Chicago last year to do a story 
and it was just a lot of fun. I just want to uh, encourage anyone who has a chance to 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 visit these tournaments, to take part in these tournaments, to to go and see. It's the best collection of, you know, brown ballers you'll see in the world. Uh, all, all, all under one room. It's it's really exciting. Um, uh, and my, exp- I, had, I had so much fun last year, and uh, and so it was it was just great to get a history of the Indo Pak tournament from him and talk about like all these great players of Indian origin who have um, played at the NCAA level in the US or or gone up to a higher level. So we we talked about that. We we compared um, Indian players to Indian origin players a little bit. So it was just a fascinating conversation, and uh, Vic was just the best person to go for this. That's fantastic. Yeah, you've been speaking about this since the last year when when you first uh, found out about it or you, when you visited it, um, and, and it, it always seems like a really interesting story. Uh, unfortunately, like I couldn't make this conversation, so listeners, you have to um, put up with Karan's voice for a little longer than <laughs> I know for too long. It it it's you know, you know when like Steph Curry was hurt for the playoffs, like KD had to do all the work. It's just yeah. I had it, it's fine, you know. Like we'll yeah. we'll share the finals MVP award. Yeah, I love how you're Kevin Durant in this scenario, um, th- but that is a very very good analogy. <laughs> All right. Uh, without further ado, this is our special guest segment of the podcast. So I'm excited to have Vic Chokshi on Hoop Darshan. Vic, how are you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I mean, this has been. in the makings or i've been thinking about this particular interview for a long time just because um, you know the summer times coming up and the indo pak uh, national tournaments coming up and and you're the guy so to to, to those who um, don't really know uh, vic's work so far vic chokshi is the organizer for the indo pak national tournament that takes place in he's one of the organizers that takes place in chicago every year and he also writes for the big lead um and is uh, a a a bulls fan that has been through a lot of joys highs and lows you know am i right yep you, you nailed it a lot of lows recently but uh hanging in there <laughs> dude i'm i'm a nicks fan so no one gets the right to complain hey <laughs> that's <any> fair <laughs> that's fair I, i just want to go back to the days where the bulls and nicks used to battle those are some awesome days when we were growing up they were literally battles like they used to whoop each other's butts so, <laughs> yeah yeah good good old days uh so uh, so vic you've been you've been one of the organizers of basically what is um outside of india i would say the biggest get together of desi ballers of of basketball players of south asian origin um and it's been going on now for uh, i think this year will be the 30th year if i'm not wrong You got it. Yeah, this is the 30th anniversary coming up next weekend, so we're super excited. So tell me a little bit about uh, the, the IPN. Uh, sort of, how did it? it, it how, how, how did it come to birth? Now, before actually you you go on about it, I'll just a little bit of backstory. I went and covered the IPN uh, last year. That's where I met Vic. I met a, a lot of great people at the tournament in Chicago. It was my first time in the city. Chicago is like freaking awesome. Um, and uh, it was just great to like it's great to see so many like passionate players out in, in one space and so many people who are very talented um people of all ages too so um it really is if if you are of of indian origin and even if you're not and you're just interested in seeing great basketball it's it's such a fun weekend so uh we are now talking about it in sort of it's you know it's reached this stage where it's become pretty big but it's been through its ups and downs too so tell me a little bit about it like how, how did it begin and how were the early years like 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's been around for 30 years now. Um, a long time ago, a guy by the name of Matt Alex, he's the one that started it. So, you know, it's great that we had you last year. So you got to meet some guys, including Matt. Um, but he actually came up with the idea when I think he was in college and the first tournament was actually held at a park. And so he wanted to get together just the Indian Pakistan scene of ballers and just literally have throw a tournament. So he started with that at a, at a park and it went really well. And from there went to renting a gym to now us being at attack athletics where the NBA combine is. So, you know, it's kind of grown immensely through the years, but he just wanted to get together the South Asian community and just kind of create this brotherhood. And, you know, for me, it's been a big part of my life. I, I joined when I was about 16. So that's a super long time ago. I don't want to reveal my age, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I'll say 20 years plus. Um, but it's been terrific. You know, for me, I've met all my friends literally in life through Indopac. I've partied with guys in different cities. It, it is truly a brotherhood. They helped me get jobs. So, you know, it's been a huge part of my life. And so now that I'm older, I want to give back a little bit. And that's why I've, uh, I've been helping organize everything. So we have a great team, but it puts together some of the best Indian, Pakistani, South Asian players from around the world come and literally just converge in Chicago for a weekend, have fun, play ball, hang out, get to see the city, party. And, you know, we really just create relationships. And, and that's what it's been all about. We, we have three different levels now. We have an elite, which is really your college basketball players. And for those of you that don't know, there are a lot of Indian college basketball players, right? So uh, that's kind of the elite level. Then there's a 35 and up level. So some of the original guys that started it, like Matt Alex, all of those old school teams still get to compete, have fun. It's nice to see them bring all their families now. And then we have a community level. So people that don't have college ballers but still want to play ball, have fun, be a part of the scene, they can get in on it as well. So, you know, that's kind of the quick story of it all and uh, how I've been involved and what we got going on next weekend. Uh, yes. So you said it began, uh, you know, in the late 80s sort of as, a, as, as Matt's way of bringing together the community. And back then, was it only a, a local thing? Or, or it was. Okay. It was a, a local thing. It's literally started at a park, and then yeah. once it gained popularity, hmm. the team started coming from different cities, and then yeah. it became a national hmm. tournament, which was pretty cool. And then we started getting teams coming from Canada, um, you know, really from everywhere, all of North America. And then once the popularity grew, people stepped up in different cities, and we literally created a circuit. And that was probably the best time in my life because I was in college playing ball with some of my best friends and just traveling. So we, there were tournaments in Vancouver, Toronto, California, Florida, DC, Texas, you know, some of the biggest and best cities, Tennessee, and we would just travel and play basketball. There was a circuit, there was a forum, there were rankings. So, you know, it's truly a, a pretty awesome time, but yeah, it all started locally and now it's gotten big to the national level. And, now different cities host their own tournaments. Okay, so so a number of different cities, like you, you mentioned a few, will host their own version of uh, the Indo-Park Network Tournament. But yeah. the one in Chicago that's taking place um, in, I think, next weekend, uh, is it, that's a national one. That's the biggest one. 
You got it. Yeah. And all of them have become big and, and people travel to all the different ones. The good, mm-hmm. good thing about Chicago, I would say, is it's always the same weekend in July. And I think people just have a great time, put it in their calendar, mm. plan ahead for it. And so that's why we've had some success of just having it 30 years in a row now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at what point now you said that when you were young, you got into it uh, and it started becoming a big thing. Uh, like back in the 90s, how, how was it able to grow? Like we're talking pre-internet, really, you know. Yeah. So, so or maybe you know the earliest days of like you know <laughs> uh, dial-up and really slow blogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How were you able to connect with uh, people of you know Indian origin or Pakistani origin or, or South Asian origin at such a scale to get them together for such these tournaments? Yeah, it's pretty amazing to think that, you know, what Matt Alex put together at that time, you know, for for me at that time, I was just like a kid in high school playing basketball. So mm-hmm. all the local teams that I knew were just friends, you know, you would go um, with kids that you grew up with and just kids you played ball with and you would make a team and kind of put one together. And then Matt Alex was an amazing guy, great businessman, awesome connector. And I think he literally just called people, you know, mailed things to people, put up flyers Mm -hmm. and just word of mouth grew, you know, and it was kind of at the same time the Bulls were really good in Chicago. So I think that had a huge impact on the basketball community here of Indian kids. So, Mm -hmm. you know, more and more kids wanted to get into it. And then as we went off to college, we started telling more people about it across the country. And I think it was just kind of like a grassroots word of mouth movement. So Mm -hmm. at that time, if you kind of look back on it, you bring up an amazing point, you know, pre-internet to actually have teams coming from all around America, Canada, it was truly an amazing thing if you think about it. Yeah. And, and you mentioned now that, you know, you have the elite level where you have so, there's so many players of Indian origin who have at some point played at some level. Uh, of NCAA basketball, which is to to a lot of people who are outside the Indian community, it comes as a shock. You know, they don't think of Indians to be the kind of race who will go play basketball or or take it seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the stereotype is that there's going to be more Indians at spelling bee than there's going to be at um, doing at something like basketball and not even cricket, which is you know, no offense to um, all my cricket loving people. It's not really the most athletic of sports out there. Like if you're <laughs> If you're to dress up in trousers to play, like it's not athletic. <laughs> serious. Like you have to sweat a little bit more. Uh, so, so yeah. Like how, as and you can you can speak from a personal experience. Um, how did basketball become a big thing for you? That's the first part of the question. And and really, how was it able to keep you as a you know minority in America? How was it able to sort of boost your morale? Yeah, I, I think. That, that's a gr- those are a great couple of questions. I think for me, it, it really started with the Chicago Bulls. You know, you, you kind of led into that when we were starting off. But when I was growing up, the Bulls were awesome. You know that. They, they won six titles. So, you know, people around me were just insane about basketball. We'd go to the park and we'd try to be like the Bulls and kind of mimic everything that they did. And that's how we became so involved with basketball and just loved it. And once we actually saw that there was a, a tournament where we can get into, uh, that's where everyone got excited. Because back then, you know, times were different. You, most Indian kids that I knew at that time played high school basketball and to play in college was very rare, right? So, you know, this was 
our way of staying competitive and doing something that we loved. And I think that's why it really grew at that time, because it just gave everyone an uh, avenue to keep playing ball in a competitive way um, for the kids that couldn't play in college. And there was a couple of really good college players that would come, but it was far and few in between. So, you know, that's kind of how I got started, uh, just meeting kids at the park. Uh, one of my friends, Jimmy, who's now also an organizer with me, he's the one that got me into it. It took me to my first tournament. And ever since I, I went there, I've been hooked. So that's how I got my start. It's helped me a lot in life. You know, I, I've met literally all of my really good friends because of that in one way or another. So to me, that's why it's special. I've been through some ups and downs personally in life, ha- had some you know, family things, but basketball and, and just the brotherhood and Indopack for me have really gotten me through some tough times. And, and that's why I love it. And that's why I try to coach some of these younger kids now so that they, you know, can get a sense of some of the things that we learned and, and gained in friendships and relationships and, and networking, all of the above. So, you know, that's kind of my short answer to your questions. Um, I think there are a ton more college basketball players like we talked about it. And you saw some of that uh, on display last year, which is pretty cool to see. So um, I think th- the sport is still going to get better for us. Uh, that's something I want to talk to you about a little bit. We can talk later about just in India, how it's growing and stuff. You know, I, I follow some of your stuff, but I think the future is bright. Here. I don't talk about it. I rant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, the future's bright. I, there's a lot of really, really good, talented kids. I'm yeah. just excited to see them play and, and kind of converge. And I hope that they can just understand, like, why this is important to some of us old, older people and mm-hmm. why we continue to kind of host it. And it's a lot of work, you know, but uh, but we love it and we do it just so that we can kind of give back and hopefully have that kind of impact on the next level. Yeah, um, and I'm glad you brought, I mean, again, you brought up the fact that there's so many out there. And I want to talk about a few of, you know, the, the stars of Indian origin or South Asian origin abroad. Um, you know, mo- most of my work and most of the the coverage we do on this podcast is uh, is rooted on Indian basketball. And so basically the stars who are from India. Um, but but there have been so, much more, so many more successful Indian basketball players in the U.S., in Canada, a few in Australia, you know. Um, so in your experience, like who are the top guys who show up to these, to the IPN now? I know um, one of the most sort of uh, recognizable name is, is is Varun Ram, who played for Maryland, and yep. he's uh, he, he's he's a consistent force, one one of the best guards, one of the best uh, Indian origin guards I think there's ever been. Um, can you name a few more guys that like that that really get you know? that sort of draw the hype or, or would be big name players that maybe uh, fans in India might not know about? Yeah, for sure. I, I, Varun's a great start. I, I mean, I've seen him coming to these tournaments since he was like 16, which is pretty cool to yeah. see him grow. But yeah, he's always been this good. He's always been that fast. Um, he played in Maryland, which is surprising to a lot of people, right? Yeah, Just because yeah. <laughs> he's Indian, he's small, and you know, right? No one's going to expect that. But uh, the kid can play great kid on and off the court. So he's always been really good. He has a teammate on the pillars named Sai. Yeah. Sai uh, Tumala. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he played at a bunch of different colleges yes. um, and Hawaii, you know, he, he did well there. Um, so he, he's just another beast. Um, we have a kid named Eric on my team on Chicago dome um, yeah. that 
I think you saw last year that will pretty much dunk everything. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of fun to watch. Uh, the champions last year, no respect. They had a couple of really, really good players. There's a kid, Navjoth, um, who, who played in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one of the best players that I've seen. He won championship game MVP last year. Uh, probably one of the best all-around players. And then they also had Tony Gill. Yes. Um, and so he played at Pacific, right? He, I think he was like the conference player of the tournament. Um, and, and so those are some of the bigger names. Um, what's cool is like now, when we were growing up, not, rarely people had college players. Now, pretty much all the teams in the elite level have one or two guys that have played college basketball. So, you know, the tides are turning. It's pretty exciting. Uh, there's a kid named Kieran uh, that I know you know about a little bit. Um, he played on my team a couple of years ago. So he plays in India now. Kieran um, Yep. Yeah. And he's playing in those three-on-three tournaments. Yes. Um, there was a kid, Deepin Jolt, that used to play in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he played at UIC, was a really good player. Um, and he, he tried to go pro did sign on somewhere in Canada. So, you know, there, there's a bunch, a lot of good names. I'm sorry if I'm missing anybody too, um, but those are probably some of the biggest names. There's a kid, I know you saw him, uh, hopefully. Did you see Winnipeg play last year by any chance? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, he, I, for, I, for, I forget his name. I follow him on Twitter, but I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, their, their point guard, AJ. So, AJ, yes, yeah. Yeah, so really good player, fun to watch. Yeah, I'm a G bossy. You got it. Right, so he yeah. actually plays uh, professionally in Canada or uh, in uh, Europe right now. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, just cool to see a lot of these guys. Some of the UBA guys were there last year yeah. um, and they were trying to sign a lot of the kids that they saw play. But I don't know how the league is doing. And I know they were interested in a couple of guys like Rune, Tony, you know, now Joe, Eric, some of the guys, all the guys that we, we've been talking about, Harry. Um, on my team um, but I don't know if that how the league is going you, you probably know more is that still something that's around no the UBA folded I think earlier this year uh, yeah is, yeah which is kind of disappointing because it it's like <laughs> it was, yeah it was picking up some steam and yeah. they actually had like a camp out in like Arizona I think with a lot of players yeah. that they're doing that every year yeah yeah and, and there was a lot of uh, really good players from our tournaments that went there I remember yeah seeing them out there. There's also a bunch of guys from Canada who are really good that haven't come to our tournament in a few years, uh, but you know, they all are pretty dominant big guys that are out there. So, you know, those, those are just some of the few that I can name kind of off the top of my head. Who are, who are some of the guys you remember from last year? I think you, I think you've named the, the top guys who were at the tournament, to be honest, like uh, they were all, and, and, and like the names that we didn't get to, there were a lot of guys who used to be, who are now in the over 35 league that which. Yeah. Which I'm I'm gonna age you now, Vic. That's that's the league you play in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 I mean, th- there's a lot of players in 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 those leagues or in that one league, in in many different teams, who who were huge stars like about you know 10, 15 years ago, right? Or I mean, and are still obviously very talented. But uh, I think the the new generation probably has had a lot more opportunities than the the one that just passed. Um. I mean the other sort of Indian origin players that come to mind off my head, and I don't think they were. I don't think they were at this tournament. Are um, I think there was, there was um, uh, Gokul Natesan who was drafted in the G League last year. He uh, was yeah yeah. He, uh, he he's a really talented player. He yeah. he score he can score like yeah. crazy. So I, I think he had a really big injury. 
Oh, that's a pity. Yeah. Yeah, he broke his ankle or something like that, but I heard he, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, There's a uh, Samir Dillon, who I spoke to briefly. I think he was at USC. USC, yeah. Yeah. Samir is famously the one Indian putting us all to shame because he's like a millionaire pre-med and a doctor and like a basketball player. It's just, you know, I'm never telling my mother about him. Uh, <laughs> he has articles in like Business Weekly exactly. about Exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean everything about him. It's um, crazy. And the first name that I think non-Indians think of is obviously Sim Buller. He was yeah, the first player of yeah. Indian origin to play in an, literally his 15 seconds of fame for the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. Uh, but you know, like it's, it's, it's great. It was a great first start. Um, yeah. He played professionally, I think, in Taiwan too for a while. So, um, uh, like now, if you look back historically a little bit, when you were younger, who were the who were the Indian origin players that you looked up to? Were there anyone like I think I think I think Indian players now or young Indians now in the US and Canada have so many examples to follow. You know, yeah. there's there's so many guys who are hitting this level. I think Mandu Kher is another guy that just came came to my mind. Um, who who are the guys that you looked up to when you were younger? Yeah, there was a call, you know, it was rare back then, but there was a couple of guys, there was a guy named Robin James yeah. um, that played at Rutgers, mm-hmm. and I still remember him, like, he would come and literally pull up threes from the red line, turn around and walk away, and he, <laughs> just amazing to watch as, like, a 16, 17-year-old kid, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then he, he played on TV, on ESPN at that time, and, like, I still remember to this day, my friend Jimmy recorded it on, like, VHS, mm-hmm. you know, so we were so excited to see, like, an Indian guy, and he got player of the game, which is wow. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, at that time, you know, so um, there was another guy from Vancouver. His name was Navi Sekhan, mm. and I know he played pro internationally. To me, he was still probably the smoothest baller I had ever seen in my life. Huh. And so he was that good. You can look him up a little bit. He's like a Dolphin Park legend, which is like this big huh. Canadian tournament where like NBA pros go. Yeah. And, you know, his name is on like the MVP list over like NBA pros, wow. which is pretty Huh. insane um like 20 years ago you know um and those are like two of the biggest guys that, that stuck out to me mm-hmm. um you know there's pasha baines yeah and- pasha is the one that i always think of when i think of yeah. uh, that level of success like I, I interviewed him a few years ago um he i think he played for clemson in the late yeah. 90s He's, yeah. and he um I, 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 he runs the Dry Basketball Academy, I think, now in, in he Canada. Does, yeah, he, he does a great job with the kids now, just, you know, for the next level. But, yeah, he was, like, big time. He was one of the guys, like, when we were in college, like, finally playing, someone breaking through at a big level school, you know, yeah. um, where you're like, wow, this guy's playing at an ACC, like, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he had – it kind of sucks. I, I remember – this was a long time ago, but I remember he had some, like – the coach that recruited him left, and then he had some injuries, and, you know, things never really worked out. But, you know, he played for Team Canada, which is a huge deal if you yeah. think about it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and played at big schools, so those were like three of the biggest names that I would say from like growing up that I yeah. remember just you know being like, wow, th- these guys are you know at a different level essentially. Yeah. Well, and now that you mentioned Team Canada, uh, we'd be we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Roy Rana, who obviously yeah. wasn't a huge star uh, as a player, but he's he became the coach of the Canadian national basketball team, and he's obviously of Indian origin too, and yeah. he stays involved with a lot of Indian basketball stuff. I think he keeps traveling. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting it's getting better. I think we're running. I, I tried a few years ago. I tried making a list of um, Indian origin players to have played in 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 Division One. I. I wanted to limit it to Division One, and they just started getting out of hand because and I mean and I mean that as a good thing. Like the, it, yeah. it's a good problem to have that there were just too many to list now. Um, I, um, I remember going to. Um, like he, he's pretty famous, but uh, I I I saw him in the I saw like a portrait of him in the museum. Was the first Sikh to uh, play, uh, first Turban player to play in an NCAA game. Um, 
what was his name? Uh, Dashpreet Singh. Dashpreet Singh. And he, he was a real sort of ceiling breaker, I think, back in the 90s. Um, yeah. A, 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 a lot of good players. Anyone, anyone you think we missed? You know, that deserves a shout out. How about, you know, uh, you've seen both of these guys play. So I'd love to see what you thought. Like Satnam Singh, right? You yeah. know, he got drafted, um, then went over to, in- he's playing on Team India. Yeah. Um, you know, how good was he? And then where is he playing now? So Satnam is now playing for the Indian national team. He's been, okay. uh, he, he left the Texas Legends after a couple of seasons. And he's become the, he's like, it, 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 the long story of a lot of drama in Indian basketball which has led to him now being the best player in the team, at least for the last few tournaments, because yeah. our other best players by injury or dumb suspension have been <laughs> left out. Um, but yeah, so, so Satnam is, is sort of enjoying his most consistent, um, consistent run of games for the Indian national team. We've been all very successful, but I think I'm glad he's going to play more. No, that's great. And then how about the kid that was on the Oklahoma City so, uh, G League team? Yeah, so, so that's Amjot Singh. And he, in my he the best player, in my in my opinion, he's probably the best player in India. He's he's smaller than Satnam, but I think it's just the way basketball has changed now. Where his skill set, he's a he's a stretch four, okay. um, who can sort of like create, sort of create his own shot from the perimeter or attack from the inside. And I think players like that are a lot more valuable now than uh, slower centers like Satnam. And sure. that sort of ended up being Satnam's um, development issue in the D League uh, in the G League. Is he? He just happened to be a little bit too slow, you know. Yeah. Um, if, if he was, if he came out like 10, 20 years ago, yep. it's like a different time now, right? So yep, yep. modern NBA. How? So I have to ask you this because you've pretty much seen both spectrums. But yep. can the kids that you saw at our tournament last year, some of the best guys, yeah, can they? Are they better than some of these guys on the Indian national team? Can they hang? Or you know, where do you put you know some of those guys? So the biggest issue with basketball in India is and. Um, I'm glad you asked this because it reminds me to mention another really talented player of Indian origins, Inder Beer Singhil, who's um, who's back in India right now, playing with, in the three BL two in the same team as Kiran Shastri. Yeah, um, yeah, he played in our tournament many times. Inder Beer, so so guys like Inder Beer um, and another guy um, uh, uh, who, who's guys like Inder Beer and, and other guys who are who are like him, who are, who are guards, quick guards, who are creators and sort of creators from the perimeter. They're always going to be a lot more successful against um, if you match them against uh, players, Indian players from India. Sure. Because th- that's been our biggest issue. What we ended up doing is that we ended up focusing too much on size. It was just size, size, size. Let's find Satnam, let's find Amritpal Singh, let's find Papreet Singh. So these are all, you know, six foot eight and above Punjabi players. Sure. Who are, um, uh, they're not necessarily one-dimensional. You know, they can shoot a little bit. They can. They have good hands. But what ends up happening is that they uh, th- there are no creators in the game anymore. So if if India just like needs a really really good guard, and I think that's the issue. I think um, at the guard level, the 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 Indian origin players in the U.S. and Canada and Australia etc. are just far superior to anyone we have back home. Now, I think our bigger players, I think our elite players are better than, I think I would say uh, Vishesh, Amjot, and Amritpal are, 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 would, would, would stand a chance among the best NCAA D1 players in the US. Wow, but, okay. But after that, it falls dramatically. Like, after those three, and I'm including Satnam in, like, the people, I mean, Satnam is a big body, but, again, it's the same issue of, if you play basketball differently now, 
he's going to have a hard time staying on the floor. Yeah. So, um, I, I think these three guys, if they had had an opportunity earlier on in their lives, I think for all of them, uh, they, they took basketball, they didn't take basketball seriously enough earlier in their lives, you know. It all, it came a bit too late. It came at maybe 15, 16, 17 when they started getting really good elite level coaching, which yeah. is already really late if you think about it. You know, I think you need to be, you, you need to be in an organized system from middle school onwards almost. Of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say apart from those three guys, uh, I think th- those three are the only ones who can consistently stand with the best that is in the U.S. Um, and I get asked this question a lot. You know, there's so many guys of Indian origin who would like to represent India, who like to play for the Indian national team. And if only India had the dual citizenship, our, our national team would have been a lot better, you know. Um, so India doesn't allow that and nor do we allow, unlike a lot of other uh, Asian countries, we don't yeah. allow naturalization of non-Indian players. So every other, uh, most others, most other Asian teams, I think with the uh, exception of China and Iran and a few others, they are they don't mind naturalizing a couple of players of foreign origin into the national team. So so, so the Korean team will have a bunch of people who are completely American. Yeah. Um, so India doesn't allow that, which is both good and bad. Like the good is it allows only Indian players to develop. So like you don't have that argument of... Um, that a foreign player is taking the spot that des- that an Indian deserves, so to say. But we haven't done anything with that opportunity. Like our players, it's not like we have produced players to, world-class players to take those spots, you know? Sure. Yeah. I would, I would, I would love like one day, and again, I, I know right now it's not possible, but like one day if they allowed it, you know, because there is so much talent here and it sometimes it just feels like you know, when our friends always make fun of us, like, oh, India has a billion people. You guys can't, you know, make a make a soccer team or you guys can't put together a World Cup team or an Olympic team. And it just, you know, it'd be awesome because it seems like most of these teams allow it, right? So yeah. it's cool to kind of see that. Not right now, but like the next generation and uh, maybe one day. Yeah, you know, make- yeah. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, Vic, before we let you go, uh, let's talk about NBA a little bit. You, you obviously mentioned numerous times that, um, the, the Michael Jordan Bulls were a huge influence in your life and obviously continued, the Bulls continue to be, um, you know, I'm guessing a major influence in your life. So uh, if you didn't, if you didn't have to pick MJ first, who, who's your favorite Chicago Bull of all time? Oh man, uh, it would probably be Scottie Pippen, you okay. know. For yeah, me. that's easy. I think just growing up, I loved his game. I loved that he was just an all-around basketball player. That's who I tried to kind of emulate growing up. Um that's why all everything, all my handles, everything is thirty three. Nice. <laughs> so, oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's definitely because of Scotty Pippen, and then after him was Grant Hill. So, you know, those are two of the guys that I loved growing up. Um, Derrick Rose for me was huge, um, yeah. just because uh, that's when they get, became good again after all yeah. years of struggling. And I kind of have seen him because he's from Chicago, so I saw him play in high school, saw him play in college, then to have him play for your team have him become mvp yeah um at the same time i started like my blog so i got to meet him nice. um, and so i would probably put you know scotty as two and then Derek is three for me um how about know. um sorry just uh in those like glory years again those six championship years did you ever predict that uh the future nobel prize peace prize winner dennis rodman would be <laughs> a major part of your, of your team? <laughs> That is still uh, wild to me, and it still, still somehow feels like a movie when you get on TV and he's crying and all types of stuff. So um, definitely don't want to get like political. Um, this just, just as crazy to me. Um, hopefully, 
you know, he's okay. He just seems like, you know, he's off kilter a little bit. He's an emotional um, dude. He yeah. did a really nice uh, Hall of Fame speech, I remember. He did. He did. <laughs> I mean, he was awesome. You know, he's one of those guys that if he's on your team, you love him, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I used to hate him, literally despise him growing yeah. up because he would throw Scotty into, like, the chairs and you know, when he was on the Pistons. And then once he became a bull, I, you know, I loved it. <laughs> so. I, I, I think of Draymond Green as, like, the spiritual successor to him in a way. Because, yeah. um, yeah. like, an undersized guy who sort of plays much above. Like, people forget uh, Rodman was basically Jordan's height, you yeah. know? And he, was, and he ended up being the greatest rebounder of all time, I guess, you know? It was true will. You know, he would guard Shaq. Like, yeah. he had no fear. He played... Like just fearless, right? And yeah. I think Draymond's a good example of like, you know, if he was on your team, you'd love Draymond yeah, Green. Yeah. Smack, he, you know, he gets your team hype, he gets under everyone else's skin. Yeah. He also is a very good basketball player, yeah, right? Yeah. He plays terrific defense. He's the anchor of that team, great passer. And so I think that's a, a great comparison. I think uh, a guy that I think can kind of be like the next Draymond, uh, I'm kind of getting excited about is like Mo. Wagner from the Lakers. What do you think? Have you seen him play? I, um, Mo Wagner has a very special place in my household because um, uh, when we were watching the, m- when my wife and I were watching the national championship, yep. she, she, like, that's the one player she remembered from, from the tight tournament. She's like, this guy's crazy. I love him. Yep. And then, and then, so she's from California. Her favorite team drafted him. She's a Lakers yeah. fan. Pre, way, way pre the whole like LeBron era Lakers fan. I'm talking about like, you know, she's a real Lakers fan. Um, yeah. So, so she's very high for Mo Wagner. Uh, ho- hopefully he gets to play. I don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. Um, well, I'm glad you brought up this year's draft. How do you feel about, uh, I think you guys drafted Wendell Carter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about him? No, I, I won't lie. When, when we picked him, I was just kind of blah about it. Um, I, I was hoping for like a guy that I thought could have like superstar potential, right? Because you know, as a Bulls fan, I'm just tired of like the same old stuff where they're like, hey, we're saving cap room. We're going to sign a star. And then no one ever signs here, right? So you know, the last time we were good was when we got lucky and we got Derrick Rose in the draft, right? So, I was hoping for like after a tank season to kind of get someone with that kind of ceiling. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't say I was like excited about it. I was just honestly like, wow, like, okay, he's a bull. So no matter what, I'm going to root for him. Yeah, you know? yeah. And surprisingly, like he's looked awesome in summer league. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see yeah. him at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the summer league. So I keep my, exactly, like, yeah. I mean, cause like Kevin Knox is playing like LeBron James right now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm being very like, patient with him the summer yeah. league. But, but, but you guys also have, like, uh, Laurie Moracken, who looked pretty good last year. and um, he's our, Yeah, he, like, truly looked like a star, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, you brought up Kevin Knox, who's looked amazing, like, uh, and Carter Jr.'s looked great. Like, yeah. and so it's exciting, right? It's, it's yes, it's summer league, it's three games in, but yeah. it's still fun to be a fan and kind of... The NBA know, season hold- never ends. Exactly. Yeah, it, that's why it's fun, right? Like we hope that these guys turn into the next superstar. Uh, Lowry looks awesome. You know, last year, what really encouraged me was he wasn't scared. You know, like this, this misnomer about like Europeans being soft. Oh, like, yeah, that's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. You know, like yeah. he'll go up and dunk on people and let them know about it. I mean, you've seen it with Kristaps, right? Yeah. So uh, they had some terrific battles last year, going back and forth a little bit. So you know, it's cool to see them. Uh, coming of age, and yeah. I think I'm excited for like the young kids are great to see. I don't know what's gonna happen in Los Angeles. I think it'll be. I'm kind of rooting for them to now get another superstar like Kawhi or you know somebody. Um, maybe next year because they're they're saving up all these cap room with like one year deals. But yeah. it'll be cool to see LeBron kind of right off into the sunset one more time with another star and them going up against the Warriors. I think that you know that will be a little bit more fun than just kind of last year's finals, which is pretty boring, right? Yeah. Well. So yeah, so I was gonna get to you on that. Like, do you feel that, you know, that if you have to predict now, do you think it's already over the 2019 title? Like, I do. Yeah, I, I think right? unless something unless something crazy happens, where like, it has to be an injury. Or, yeah, exactly. Right, like Steph's ankles again, or just 
some crazy injury. I don't see anybody's roster being that good. Like, I feel like the Rockets actually got a little bit worse. Even if they pick up Melo, like, they got a little bit worse. Um, The Lakers, I mean, LeBron is LeBron, and they're going to be good. I'm excited about him playing with Lonzo, but I still think that they are a year away or, like, a superstar away. Um, The only thing I can see tilting the scale is if the Lakers do get, like, a Kawhi, and he's 100%, and he looks good, you know. But other than that, I think 2019 is out the door. So, you know, as Bulls and Knicks fans, not bad that we can, uh, you know, look forward to one more year of being crappy and hopefully be good after that. Yeah, I see. I'm in the minority of fans who wasn't really offended that the Warriors are really good and, and got even better. Because I'm yeah. a Knicks fan, and for me, my entire existence is like rooting for a team that's going to be really horrible. So, then, <laughs> so, 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 like, I want to see just like because I have no chance of my own team winning, then yeah. I just want to see complete excellence. Okay? Yeah. And with the Warriors, what we're getting is a once in a lifetime thing, which it might not ever happen again, you know? So, yeah. so, so because I, have no, I almost have no bone in this fight, since I, there's literally zero chance, uh, I'm not even offended by it. I'm like, oh, you guys like Boogie Cousins too? Cool. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, Rick, uh, thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, okay, so, so just leave us with the last bit of information about um, upcoming uh, Indopark Network and how, how people can get there, how people can follow it, what to expect, when is it, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Thank you again for having me. The tournament is next weekend. And so uh, the 20, July 20th to 22nd, yeah. um, it's going to be at the same gym. And so it's the old attack where the NBA combine used to be. Now it's called Quest. Um, and so we would love to have people come out. We're actually doing a shoe drive on Sunday. So if anybody comes there, you can donate shoes to a, a great cause, this company called Bata Soul. What they do is they take used shoes and literally, you know, redo them so people in, in that don't have shoes, honestly, in, in all types of, around the world can use them to play ball, you know? So great cause we're doing that Sunday, all the money. And one thing I failed to mention on the tournament was uh, it's non-for-profit. And so that's kind of the, the thing that Matt Alex created was every year that the tournament's been around money goes to charity or it goes to school. And this year we're going to be donating all the money to the boys and girls club. And so why we picked that for the 30th anniversary was when the tournament first started, that was the first gym in Maywood. So um that's where brings back a lot of memories for a lot of people but that's where it all started so we're going to donate all the proceeds this year to them and so you know anybody that can come it it will be a great time there'll be great basketball we're going to have some food and stuff for some of the fans on sunday uh the playoffs will be on sunday so it's the 20th to the 22nd next weekend um if you guys want to check us out on you know facebook it's under chicago indopac basketball and that's where we'll have kind of the schedule, the brackets, everything you need to find. Um, otherwise, you can always find me on just hit me up on Twitter, send me a message. Uh, but we'd love to have everyone come by. Yeah. Uh, and Vic, there's one thing that I almost forgot to mention. Like one of, one of the things that was closest to my heart as I was covering this tournament um, was just to see how much. And, and this is something that like you might take for granted as someone who's sort of met the community through basketball. But uh, as an outsider looking in. It was really great to see people, South Asians of like different religious and cultural divisions come together and just play ball. Like there was no, and I think it's a testament to the fact that I had, I, I'm having to add this in at the very end, so awkwardly. It's a testament to the fact that we didn't even think about it, that, uh, that, that there's players of Hindu origin, Muslim origin, Christian origin, North Indian, South Indian, Pakistani, Sri Lankans, like it, it, it doesn't matter on the court. And they've been able to play basketball, you know, very smoothly together and have like friendly rivalries on the court very smoothly together. Um, yeah. I think that's, you know, I mean, you bring up a great point and, and thanks to the tournament, I don't think about it like that. Like, and that's what the coolest part about it, you know, and, and I think we need more of that in our world today. Right. Um, but um, it, it's huge. And, and everyone, so like even my team or every team that's out there, like every 
one has a bunch of people from different backgrounds, religions. Everyone just gets together, plays ball, becomes friends. And now I have friends from every single Indian community you can think of are my friends. And it has created this great brotherhood of people that just get together and play ball. So, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it is important for people to know. Um, and that's what we're all about, right? So, yeah. you know, thanks for bringing that up. Um, and thanks to you, Vic, for, for giving me your time. Thanks for joining me. On that note, I'll bid you adieu and uh, hope you enjoy the tournament. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sad I can't make it this year, but I hope it goes well. And um, uh, hopefully, you, you, you guys do well. Like, do you guys make the finals last year? Your team? Oh, maybe we were so close. We lost in the okay. final four because yeah. Eric hurt his ankle, uh, which was tough. So yeah. we were up seven points on the pillars, uh, and then Eric got hurt. So we lost in the final four. Um, we should have most of our guys back, except our point guard, Neil, who tore his ACL, which kind of sucks, but uh, hoping for a fun run. Um, but it's been fun, man, coaching these younger guys. They're, they're all great kids. Um, hopefully we could do it. Uh, but, yeah, thanks again for having me on. It, it was great chatting. Let's definitely keep in touch. I want to hear more about some of the Indian ballers, you know, coming out from yep, India. For sure. Thanks, Vic. So I want to thank Vic Chokshi for giving me his time and uh, coming on Hoop Darshan and just – you know the confluence of knowledge we had uh, uh, between players of uh, Indian and Pakistani origin uh, abroad, and you know of, uh, Indian players from India. Um, it's just I, I, I get very excited to see you know uh, Indians do well in basketball wherever it is, because it sort of like dispels that racist notion that that Indians can't hoop, which is obviously false. It's just that we. We don't have the means to hoop well back in India. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, baby steps. Baby steps. As as long as uh, our authorities stay of the, out of the way, we're really good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so so the one thing we didn't talk about, and it's interesting, like we spent some time talking about uh, the Bulls, but I sort of just skipped over. I, I, I tried to bring up the Zach Levine question, but uh, I think I think Vic was interested in other things. Um the Bulls gave a lot of money to Zach Levine, uh, especially after they, you know, like he signed the qualifying offer for the for the Kings, and they've signed him almost to, uh, I think it's an eighty million dollar uh, commitment. Uh, what do you feel? Do you feel that's a risk, Koshik? Because I feel it's a hella stupid risk. I, th- I think it's okay. I think um, Bulls are Bulls are still rebuilding, and they need like some sort of. Um, it's a it's a guy they can take a chance on. They don't need to be really good for for another couple of years. They've got a lot of young players, so it's okay to have like one kind of promising guy. And I feel like in in a couple of years that contract is not really untradeable. Um, there will still be people who want to take teams who want to take a chance on Zach Levine for a year or two or uh, something like that. And maybe he's got a bit of like an injury history, and we don't know whether he can stay fit for those four years. But I'm okay with it. Like y- you do have to pay somebody at, eventually um, if you're the Bulls to put 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 to put on your team. So I'm okay with that. Yes, my problem isn't the money. It, it is that injury risk, mm-hmm. and uh, and the Kings were being. It was the most Kings thing to do. <laughs> I would have, I would have let him go to Sacramento. I'm like, you know what? Give him the money and stay with it. The one guy I don't think is a risk is the Jabari Parker, yeah, uh, contract because um, he also has, you know, injury pass, but it's a one year contract. Uh, he's from there, so it's a good like coming home story. Um, I've always liked Jabari Parker. I'm, I'm rooting for him there. Um, let's see, l- let's see how he performs. Yeah, I completely agree with you. He's a, he's a guy who's. Who's talented? Maybe his first four years haven't panned out as well as he wanted to, mostly because of the injuries. But 
he's he's a real talent he can score um and he's he's big in in today's league that's um oh. that that's good f- from uh, from sort of an attacking offensive wing sort of position and i think he i think he'll really flourish in chicago um like you said it's a relatively low risk deal it's it's like a two year deal but the second year is a team option so they yep. can choose not to um continue with them if it doesn't work out but i i like what chicago's doing we, we we can't say that about them for uh for the last few years but i think they've fully committed to a bit of a rebuild and uh, yeah, yeah. I, i like how they're going speaking of rebuild koshik uh we sort of our our podcasts have sort of fallen um on two sides of a massive blind spot which uh-huh. i call the lebron spot yes uh, <laughs> uh so a certain a certain lebron james has changed conferences and you know uh really sh- tried to shift the tectonic plates of the nba once again and and the lakers have done just like in the past you know lebron teamed up with dwayne wade and chris bosh in miami and then came to cleveland it was immediately kyrie irving and kevin love the lakers have really bought like the big guns out for him lance stevenson javel mcgee <laughs> uh old ass ray john rondo like how, how are you feeling about this this big move well i i want you to take me, you, you are a long time laker fan yeah. i want you to take me through your entire emotional ups and downs of this process of hearing that lebron is coming uh-huh. finally seeing him there getting all this all these other players around him and you know looking forward to the future like take me through your thought process yeah yeah of course um so before before free agency started there was a lot of like rumblings about lebron picking la and stuff like that yeah. and i i almost like i didn't want to believe it till it actually happened because the last four or five years have been really dire and depressing oh, as a yeah. laker fan in terms of free agency we've just like gone from being Uh, like an automatic free agent destination to to a bit of a joke uh, with how LaMarcus Aldridge and you know Kevin Durant not even giving the Lakers a meeting and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um I, even though it's a new regime and Magic Johnson's star persona is like is very very evident um mm. I, I wasn't confident about this at all and especially when on day 1 we heard that Paul George who was supposed to be like the most obvious Lakers signing um yeah. didn't make that decision and chose to stay in in OKC i was like shit this is going to be rough maybe lebron's like you couldn't even get paul george to come why will i come there you know i i thought it was it what's that sorry i was going to just ask like w- was it awkward for you to um even want lebron to come after sort of all these years of seeing him as you know the natural rival to kobe no look i think that changed sometime back like i and we we had this in a we had the discussion in an episode maybe 20 yeah. 20 30 episodes ago and i think the thing the thing that i mentioned was a lot of the kobe lebron uh, rivalry and the hate for Le- lebron from lakers fans was just because of like insecurity of their fandom of kobe and i think yeah. o- over these past few years it's become pretty obvious that lebron's the better player so uh, i i let go of that long ago but that said like i'm not saying i w- i'm I, um like i'm lebron's biggest fan obviously like he's one of the he's one of the greatest players ever and he's pro- yep. he's still he's still the best player in the league and i am thrilled yep. to have someone of that quality on the lakers but um you'll not see me fanboying him the same way as i did for kobe it's just it's well see, i agree with you see my issue with this whole um with this whole thing is that people are acting as if like yes lebron is greater in 
NBA history terms in Kobe was. Yeah. But Kobe's done way more for the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's won them five championships. Like it's it's crazy that people uh, imagine that oh just because a guy who hasn't played a single game mm. for for the team is is somehow more important to the team than a guy who basically dedicated his career in making it great. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with that. But you know, this it's it's easy to um, throw punches at Kobe right now, um, and that's fine. That's fair. There's, that's always part of um, like being Kobe fans and you know having half of the NBA or maybe a little bit more um, cheer against him. So I, I'm okay yeah. with that. But when the news came out that LeBron signed for the Lakers, I was like, wow, this is this is actually true. Like LeBron James yeah. is going to be a Laker, and it still hasn't kind of sunk in. Yesterday we saw him, uh, in, you know, some in images Laker of shorts. in Laker shorts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and like few days ago, when they did like the uh, unveiling of the official signing, um, yeah, they had some you know photoshopped stuff in like the purple jersey of his, and damn, he actually looks good in in a Laker uniform. Uh, I'm I'm quite excited to see the start of the season and how everything goes. Yeah. but as you said, um, immediate next day we heard um, <laughs> we heard about <laughs> other signings from the Laker organization, which. Which leaves me a little bit confused, but at the same time, yeah. I'm not too worried about it because they're all one-year deals. Um, yeah. the, the important thing is that um, Magic and LeBron seem to be on the same page. And yeah. uh, more importantly, they seem to be on the same page about the youth of the Lakers. So LeBron mm-hmm. seems convinced that um, it's worth giving a try with, with Brandon Ingram and Kuzma and Hart and Lonzo and, and all these guys. and. Um, he said he's in no rush, so he doesn't want the Lakers to make like a really short-term views, which could potentially put something else in jeopardy. And Magic Johnson seems to have like a three-year-old, three-year plan, as as per his own words, about how to get the Lakers back into the title and stuff like that. So um, I think I think they're smarter than we give them credit for. But at the same time, like these are not these are not amazing signings. So when you have LeBron James on your team, the last person you want to sign is like. Javale McGee and uh, and Lance Stevenson. I I kind of don't get it, but uh, I also don't completely buy their philosophy of you know we want smart playmaking guys in the team and stuff like that. Uh, I I don't yeah. I, I think that's just a spin on we're just taking it easy because we don't have our guy right now and we don't want to throw the yeah. kitchen sink at um, at Kawhi Leonard because we're happy with some of our youth. So I think it's just it's just like playing it safe, uh, having some guys. Enough to have some sort of depth to um, to to push the Lakers back into some sort of relevancy. I don't think um, I don't think we'll make the finals this year. I don't think anything should be expected except maybe just like um, playoffs should be like the par goal, and top mm. four should be like like a slightly more optimistic, realistic goal. And anything more than that is is a bonus. And the thing that I want most to see is. How the games of someone like you know Brandon Ingram and and Lonzo Ball changes with LeBron in the team. Uh, I think they'll get a lot more space than they ever dreamt of having if he wasn't there. Um, and and I'm I'm still really high on Ingram. I'm glad that you know as as great as Kawhi is at this moment, there was no need to part away with the whole youth of the team to get Kawhi. Yeah. Uh, I still think that they they'll have a chance to get him in summer uh, dip, or, or later in the season as well. So uh, reasonably, reasonably happy. Uh, obviously, not not ideal that we have Lance and Javale and Rondo and everybody on the team. But yeah, they're all one-year deals, so it should be fine. Yeah. See, uh, my issue isn't that they have like Lance and Javale. Yeah. Uh, sorry, and Rondo. It's that they got. 
I think in isolation, they, they're all great players. I think if they, it was only Lance, mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, fine. I, I get what they're trying to do. They, they, they want a tough guy and a ball handler against near LeBron. Yeah. And, and they want LeBron's like sort of, like they want a guy who, who will like challenge LeBron. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. But it's just, they got all of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and I like, okay, the one-year deal thing makes sense to me. Mm. Except, uh, why these players? And why so early? Like, why not wait till... Like, Lance Stevenson would have been available today, too. Yeah. Why lock him up on the second day of free agency? As if, like, Lance Stevenson is some, is some hot commodity. And basically lock your money up. And, and sort of make your chances of getting other guys... You know, making your uh, thing inflexible a little bit. But so who, that, that who, con- who are those other guys, though? Is there anybody you would get for one year of that quality? If the, the, if you know the, what? If the, I would have just kept... I would have given money to Julius Randle instead. I... I'm okay. I, like I'm okay with the thing of Randall going. I think he wanted a longer deal. He wanted like something, um, yeah. something where he felt more appreciated. And I don't think I'll if, tell you if, who. if you've got LeBron James. Sorry, go yeah. for it. No, sorry, sorry. I I cut you off. No, no, that's fine. So I, I, all I was saying was I don't think Le, um, Randall is like as much of a career year that he had last year. Um, he's not like the cleanest fit with LeBron. He doesn't he doesn't have much of an uh, game when he doesn't have the ball and even when he has the ball um, he's kind of limited he doesn't pass that much he's, he's more of a like put your head down dribble and go uh, I don't know how long term that's that's not a play and I think they were both parties were kind of happy to move on from each other so uh, I'm okay with giving up on Randall as well like I would rather have kept uh, everybody else that the Lakers have kept um, See, I mean, none of these guys are clean fit with LeBron. Lonzo isn't, Lance isn't, Rondo isn't. No, so that's fine. But those are all one-year guys. I don't guys. know if they were... Those are all one-year guys. Yeah. Are, are you going to get... Um, True. I, I mean, they, they could have tried for Jabari Parker. They could have tried for Boogie Cousins. They could. Have, I mean, I, I know all the questions that are there, but I think... And, and you know, the biggest issue isn't even these uh, new guys design. I think it's the, it's the Cantavius Caldwell Pope. That's a, that's a like it's, agent favor. Though. It's so it's obvious. an agent favor, yeah. and it's that's the one that like uh, I think is is the worst one because like he he's getting so he's getting like three times as much money as Boogie Cousins is, and I know Boogie's hurt, but that's just ridiculous. I find the whole um, I, I'm I, I'm gonna like use that as an excuse to talk about the Cousins Warriors thing a little bit mm-hmm. because for for 24 hours it was the most shocking news in basketball. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was angry at Golden State. Yeah, I sat. I, I already talked to like um, to uh, Vic about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I stand in the minority of people who who who's not really that offended by this whole uh, cousin signing with the Warriors situation because they are they they played within the rules. Cousins is hurt, yeah. and and no one else gave him a contract. Why didn't anyone else call him? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I don't have yeah. anything against um, Golden State or or Cousins for that matter. Uh, he feels like this is a thing to. Uh, he he was kind of let down by the fact that they, there wasn't any offers for him, so he feels like a this move is a bit of a middle finger to the rest of the team as well. So uh, like I get it, um, and I was initially a bit angry because like oh they're gonna win again. That's the feeling that I had. But maybe that was gonna happen even without Cousins, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> even without him, and and I and I told Vic this. Um, I'm a fan of a team which hasn't been a relevant contender for almost 20 years. Yeah. So for me, I don't see uh, other team signings as a threat to my own team. Yeah. Like I like I can see you as a Laker fan now that you have a chance mm. 
that like the warriors are are immediate contenders and and you want them to do badly yeah. so i can see the i i, I can see the angle there hmm. my angle at this point is like shit Knicks are never going to do well. Yeah. So I might as well enjoy the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Yeah. And so for me I'm like g- give them cousins. Like I want to see the starting five of mm. Steph, Clay, Durant, Draymond and Cousins. Um and 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 it obviously is going to have its drama at some point they'll realize that that they're better off not starting cousins. Yeah. Or 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 not playing important minutes, you know, in in crunch moments with him and he's going to pout about it. Yeah. Uh so it's going to it's it's just going to make the league even more interesting I, i'm on i'm on the other side that this whole stacking up of talents mm-hmm. is making the nba more interesting as opposed to less interesting i think we, uh, the nba has always had teams that that's been overstacked if you look back at the the 80s lakers and celtics um yeah it's so it's basically history is repeating itself in one way um yeah uh so that was my little warrior sort of tangent where do you <laughs> think the lakers and this this season cuz 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 you you are agree that this isn't really this is a long term play yeah, uh, for definitely. he's not trying to win the championship this year no no i think i'd i'd be really happy with like a top 4 finish from the regular season um and if we can if you can push just enough to get to play the warriors and maybe lose to them uh, that that's a really good result yeah the warriors will want to will try and avoid them actually. yeah they they want to play lebron in the second round of the playoffs you know they'll want to save him Mm. for as late as possible have maybe the rockets deal with them before the rockets got worse in my opinion yeah i agree um the jazz i think will be pretty interesting yeah. i think they'll be one team to watch mm-hmm. uh west is uh, it, it, i think beyond the warriors it got a little bit more democratized i think i think there'll be a lot more um teams fighting for the uh second best team spot i don't mean in rankings the rockets might still finish as the second best team in the regular season yeah. i mean you know, in playoff talent. Yeah. Uh, I completely um, agree. Uh, I, I I'd be interested to see if Houston actually goes through with signing Melo. Uh it kind of goes against everything that um everything that they built last year with all the um defensive switchability and stuff like that. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes, but at the same time they were like such an isolation heavy team and who better to have on an isolation heavy team than Carmelo? <laughs> no, I, I, So I'm saying in the 90s Carmelo Anthony would have been I think the NBA's second best player. Yeah. I it's just or at least top 5 because they his game is so suited I'm in the, in the peak of his powers mm-hmm. he was just the most naturally gifted scorer yeah we've had you know. Yeah and he's been top, it's, it's not even in the 90s he's been in the top 5 uh just not too long in his ago in his career as well. I I I just think that like he he got drafted in the wrong era because the the LeBron era so to say of the league is the one where you have to pass the ball more superstars have to play more defense mm-hmm. and Melo is just uh, of of the very old school you know yeah um so I I don't know if it's even going to matter if the Rockets sign him mm-hmm. I, I don't think it changes a, a damn thing yeah I actually feel he should play for the Lakers for, for a year why not just play <laughs> play not? with his pal Yeah. LeBron uh have fun it's, you know it's I, like I, we have only a few characters in the team what what more <laughs> will one person do just have a think about <laughs> it so whether or not the b- basketball showtime is back there will definitely yeah. be entertainment of some sort there's LeBron oh of course um, of there's, course there's Lance there's Rondo there's Javale <laughs> and we haven't forgotten about um the big ball of Lamar Crew as well yeah. <laughs> oh my god so, it's going to be that first time where um 
uh, the, the, the 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 first game is gonna be like six or seven games into the season. Yeah. Where uh, LeBron takes a contested game winner where Lon- where Lonzo was open for like a, yeah. a lane in the basket and LeBron doesn't pass to him, <laughs> and Lavar says that. I, 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 this is a direct future quote from Lavar Ball. That little boy should have passed to my son. Lavar <laughs> is gonna say that. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for this. Uh, I, it, it, it'll be good on on like Magic and Rob Pelinka etc to like tell and I think Lavar knows now yeah. that like he he can't run his mouth off against LeBron James like there's no chance his son will be preferred yeah. <laughs> in this particular uh, fight but I can't wait for that um, yeah the Lakers have even when they were horrible in the end of the Kobe years because it was Kobe there was hype if you get mm. a superstar player that matters yeah. it doesn't matter you have hype in your team Yeah. Absolutely. so um Congrats on being relevant again. Were <laughs> there, were uh, there you, any uh, other? Uh, I was going to ask, were there any other free agent signings or trades that that have piqued your interest? Uh, nothing, nothing that big, I suppose. Uh, Chris Paul going back to the Houston was not a surprise, but um, yeah. we've already spoken about them. I, I, I just feel a bit, yeah. bit like meh about about Houston this year. We'll see yeah. if D'Antoni and the rest uh, of the crew prove us wrong. Uh, I want to talk to you about your team though a little bit. How how excited are you for? Um, hashtag Knox tape. Listen, uh, I, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine here who's also an, a Knicks fan, mm-hmm. and he very gingerly, like, we were discussing Kevin Knox at the Summer League. Yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, I, I, I was talking about, we talking about like picking Kevin Knox ahead of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr., I think, went to 15th or 14th, the yeah. Nuggets, he went yeah. 14th. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling him that, like, if it was any other team, they would have taken Porter Jr., uh, taken the risk on him at uh, whatever ninth, whatever it was. Yeah. Just because, why not? It's a, it's a, it's ninth pick. It, he could turn out to. Yeah. Check. But it's such a a butt of all joke. I think they wanted to go with the safe choice. Mm-hmm. That was Knox. Telling this friend of mine that. I think Knox is going to be a solid starter with a low ceiling. I don't think he's going to be a superstar level player, yeah. but he's going to be a solid starter for a long time. Yeah. And my very gingerly mm-hmm. said something this, but that also got me tingling all over my body. Uh-huh. Uh, that after doing extensive study of <laughs> Kevin Knox or three games of Summer League, <laughs> uh, leaves that Kevin Knox has mini Yanis potential. Ah. And... Uh, I think you're getting carried uh, away, but I, I, I'm not going to stop you from thinking on these lines. I told him to calm down. It's a summer league. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see what I, I, I'm happy we, we made a good pick. I, yeah. I, I think that's the bottom line to the story. That um, Frank Nilekina, Mario Hezonia, uh, Kevin Knox, Kristaps Porzingis, let's go. And <laughs> whoever is, is the fifth person in this... Uh, in this young crew no I'll take uh, Banish from Turkey in his canter over Noah <laughs> excellent stuff uh, but I do hear rumblings of you know potentially Jimmy Butler Kyrie Irving yeah. Kevin Durant stuff like this for to make New York relevant again uh, next we'll summer. see we'll, we'll see. see it's uh, <laughs> I really like David Fisdale yeah and um, at least at least there's a plan now at least there's a plan of having young players and cap space um, is it, I, I is heard it, is it God's plan <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it, it's Chris Dale's plan, yeah. <laughs> uh, and next year, um, you know, uh, Kevin Durant's a free agent. So yeah. 
just throwing that out in the ether absolutely absolutely <laughs> oh well, that brings us to a close of uh, a little bit of nba chat and the end of nba uh, sorry episode number 66 um karan uh, these are the these are literally the worst times to be a basketball fan cuz summer league is about to get over and there's no hoops till like september at least uh, so I, so kashik before we uh, finish then um yeah, yeah. At, it, when you said this is the worst time to be a basketball fan, it reminded me mm-hmm. of something else um, that I want to talk to you about. Yeah. It is the best time to be a football fan, or it was until recently. Oh, definitely. And we don't don't talk about other sports as much, but we we are both football fans. I just wanted to c- catch up with you. You know, people who don't want to listen to this, the podcast is over. Shut it off. <laughs> yeah. But between me and Kaushik, like I, 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 I'm curious to know what, what were your feelings about the World Cup. I thought it was one of the better World Cups in the last two, two, three editions. Um, I enjoyed 2006 a lot, but 10 and 14 were a little, little, um, you know, not that interesting. Uh, yeah. The quality of football was was fun. There were a lot of upsets, mm. almost too many, you could say, because the second there were too many. The <laughs> other side, of, the other side of the draw was really um, like bland in terms of you know matchups it provided and everything. So, but um, I, I thought I thought it was a really fun tournament, and eventually you could say that the best team ended up winning. France was really impressive against uh, Argentina. They were really impressive against Belgium. They were like a proper tournament side, even though they yeah. might not have um, might not have impressed in like the group stages. I think that they were built for the knockout when when they played serious teams and uh, and it kind of showed. Uh and also I have a huge man crush on Mbappe. He's so he's coming, so good. He's he's amazing. He he's he was uh every time he touches the ball he's electric. Like he'll he'll, yeah. he'll make a 3 second run yeah. and everyone would gasp that like oh my god this guy is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And the peak of this was probably seen against Argentina when Like yes, their their defense was just like what the hell just hit us. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, which happened to the Argentina defense a lot in the World Cup. That is true. <laughs> that was just, it was just a terrible defensive team. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I was um, I, I was uh, rooting for Spain as I usually do, mm-hmm. and they lost to Russia of all people, which is just uh, <laughs> was just the, the worst way to go out. Yeah, they um, actually looked okay in the group stages. I thought they'll get their act together, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they um it's just it, it's too much passing among it's 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 this is tiki taka gone gone wild where yeah. they just spent too much time showing off how good of of passing team they are yeah there's um there's no like breakthrough from the midfield to the forward line so it's uh, all that passing is great when you kind of create something at the end of it but this is like shit what do we do now uh, there there was a lot yeah. of times when uh, it felt like they reached that stage um i was really happy with germany going out i'm like a noted german yes. hater same here <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, I, i i was sort of rooting for an england france final i wanted to see that no, although that, i was happy for is, croatia that is, that is wrong karan you should never root for england i hey i lived there for like four years and I, i have a soft spot for, for the english ah, they're they're nuts but they're they're obsessed about the game and and i, I you know i it, it 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 was like comic for a while until they actually became not horrible like they were yeah. okay Yeah. Um but you know what Croatia were deserving finalists. Modric is my favorite player now. Yeah. He was he's just uh, until the final at least I saw your tweet he was incredible in the final he underwhelmed a little bit. Yeah. Um that's only related and, though. It's all it's all because like we yeah. seen the rest of the games and how important and how amazing he was. It just felt like yeah. a bit of a letdown but it, fair credit to France. They I think they played him really well 
um england yeah. did as well uh, and like when you've got national teams like this croatia like as as great as their whole golden generation has been um, like they just don't have as much talent as france and um, that that kind of showed but yeah shout out to shout out to croatia like a like a genuinely great sporting nation i think in terms of like fan cultures and stuff like that yeah um, basketball yeah basketball as well uh, shout out to our, our main man razan petrovic who um who is one of the goats that's all that's all we have to say about croatia <laughs> um and my last football question to you koshik is mm-hmm. again we also share um real madrid fan fanhood that's right and um and 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 probably of more uh, importance than lebron going to the lakers was <laughs> ronaldo leaving real madrid for juventus so before um i mean like i i, I i'm going to guess like your reaction was similar to mine like you re- you think ronaldo is one of the greats he did something amazing for for our team for like 9 years yeah but you're not that sad to see him go it was sort of like i think we were i yeah. I, I feel okay with it yeah 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 me um, too i feel like um he's he's one of the he's the best 100 million dollars that uh, or 100 million pounds or whatever we paid for him yeah. that madrid has ever spent and ever spent yeah like even if he had just four out of those 9 seasons that would have like made the transfer just but like the kind of quality yeah. that he's given madrid over the last uh 9 years it's it's insane and like when you get that kind of an output you can only say that if you want to do, go do something else go ahead that's fine uh but i, I so, can't so my mm-hmm. sorry go on go on no i just wanted to say that uh like i think i agree with you for the most part that i'm not like too fussed about him leaving um mm. but at the same time i think that Um, I, I think that I'm not entirely sure where Madrid is headed. So we'll, this might be a bit of a transition yeah. season where, like, they realize that Bale is not really that good, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they might need hey. to buy a striker rather than Benzema and stuff like that. So uh, I'm okay with like an in-between year like that, given that we won three continuous Champions Leagues. Um, yeah. The thing so I don't understand you, is, yeah, go for it. So my question to you about Ronaldo is before we get off that, mm-hmm. this is what I was I started thinking about this, and I know you're the person to ask. Yeah. Or at least the person to ponder this out with uh-huh. <laughs> is he the greatest Madrid player of all time? Uh, look, he, his goal scoring record is absolutely ridiculous. I think he has like more than a hundred more goals than the next person. Yeah, yeah. won four Champions Leagues for Madrid. Yeah, which at the end of the day, like that, those are the only things we're counting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the leagues matter, but you know. Yeah, it's really the Champions League that kind of sets you into the, that Hall of Fame of players. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the shot. The short answer yeah. is is yes. The long answer is we haven't been around in the fifties, so we didn't really see what Di Stefano and that whole team uh, was. And I think they kind of established an early kind of superiority of what Madrid was in the continent, uh, which yeah. which definitely played its part in it becoming such, like the most successful club in, in of the century or whatever FIFA branded the club. So I think that's. uh it's hard to pass a judgment on that because we have not seen that but having said that like since what 98 99 when i've been following the game uh i don't think i've seen a more impactful player from it i might have had more favorite players um yeah, like same uh, like raul and zidane and figo and some of these guys like i'll remember more fondly but just the kind of output and appreciation i have for what Madrid, uh, what ronaldo did to um to kind of put us back in into relevance to be honest because those five yep. or six years of continuously losing in in the round of 16 and you know um all those you know, failed presidencies from Ramon Calderon and 
and uh, like transfers that. like Rubinho and th- there was a there was a real dark phase for for Madrid yeah. relative to their history. Uh, so like, ch- cheers to him for kind of putting us back on the map uh, and making making Madrid like this kind of juggernaut that is three continuous Champions Leagues. I could not. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I, I would not have guessed anybody who is capable of doing that. It's it's ridiculous. Hey, shout out to uh, one of the guys you named on your list uh, and my favorite player of all time, Zinedine Zidane, as the coach to take us to those three straight. Um, Zizou, Zizou is the greatest. And when I watch any World Cup, even when I saw France being successful now, yeah, I was reminded of like all of Zizou's great moments yeah. from you know '98 to It's like for me, it's that that was my golden era of watching the sport, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and and he he just also happened to be he's he's also I guess the Phil Jackson of, of football coaches managers too you know? yeah uh, he played uh, rings and then now he's gonna peace out yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> talk about leaving on a high uh, I think I think he yeah, he probably wanted to do this last year itself but I, f- I feel like he he kind of knew that you could milk this team for one more uh, yeah. and that's what happened uh, which is good the only thing I want um, to talk about before we let um, before we finish this current. Um, were you surprised at Juventus being the the choice for Ronaldo? Um, I I don't know. I like I completely don't understand what um, a Juventus chapter in his life will add to his legacy. I feel like in terms of titles and achievements and stuff like that, he's like I, I don't know how much higher he can go. So I thought the play for him would be like maybe milk out a year or two more in Madrid and then like retire somewhere. Where he gets like a shitload of money, like a PSG or or maybe like even the US or or China or something like that, where he can he can just make whole lot of money. Um, I I kind of don't understand the this uh, Juventus play. My reasoning on that is, I think he I think he wanted to play for he, he he's played for Man United, he plays for Real Madrid, and mm-hmm. so he, I think he wants to do, wanted to finish on a high of these when he must have been a child. The yeah. three biggest teams in the three biggest leagues in the world. Yeah, I, th- I think these are the three teams you think of. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I mean, you could put AC Milan instead of. Yeah, um, but they did. You could argue, but 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 Juve are the powerhouse of of Italy. Yeah, and I and um, really the you know ever since the mid two thousands really it's the, the third league has actually been German you know and yeah. Bayern Munich would have been the play, but 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 I see why he chose Juventus because he wants to conquer yeah. another league. Yeah, and um, they are close to winning a Champions League themselves. With him, they are, you know, mm. they are always uh, at least semi-final favorites. You know, yeah. And with they are, uh, I, I won't say they're favorites, but they're contenders to win now. You know, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so I, I think he went from it. I think it's a legacy play for him. Mm-hmm. That that the is this legendary team, and he's making. Um, I, I'm happy for Italian football. He's making Italian football more relevant. Yeah, true. And. And I'm glad he didn't take the easy route out to, you know, play in the US or play in China or something. Like, I'd, I'm glad he's staying in a competitive European league. Yeah, fair enough. That's that is true. My my under uh, underrated theory is that like it's easier to dodge taxes in Italy than in Spain. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, shout out to Jorge Mendes. He's um, the, the the biggest crook of them all. <laughs> um, yeah, that that ends episode 66 and our beautiful 10 uh, minute odd section for the beautiful game. I, I'm glad you did that, Karan. I wasn't expecting that when we first started. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I have so much to talk about, I, but I, I know you are the man to, to reach out for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the World Cup comes around every four years. It's like a beautiful time um, for that one month every four years. I pushed like the limits of my humanhood with this really shit time zone for football. Like um, yeah. matches were all 12 a.m., 4 a.m. Uh, and and I did a few nights when I did both games. So my body is definitely taken it all. I don't know if I'll be able to do it the next time. But we'll see. Something might change then. <laughs> well, the next World Cup is going to be in Qatar. And I might boycott that World Cup. But that's another rant for a- another day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but time zone-wise, it, it might be more comfortable. We'll see. Yeah. Depending see. on where, where we are in yeah. four years. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, thanks as always, guys, for listening to our, uh, our rambles about different sports and um, we actually haven't mentioned butter chicken today, so that's that's a first for us. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you have any questions for either Karan or myself, you can hit us up on Twitter. Karan is at Hoopistani and at Karan Madokwan. I'm at underscore Kaushik7. The podcast is at Hoop Darshan. We're also available on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, uh, and a bunch of other places. So um, hit us up. If you've got any questions, we'll be happy to shout you out and answer them. Um, and thanks as always for listening. Until next time, hashtag India Basketball.